You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. We're going to get straight into the word this morning. Matthew 5, verses 1 through to 12. Uh, you can read behind the screen or open it up in your paper Bible if you've got one of those too. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let me open in prayer as we dive deeper into this passage called the Beatitudes. Heavenly Father, thank you for the journey that we've been on so far understanding more of this first sermon that you ever preached. God, I pray today that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open to hear what you would have to say to us. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we continue our series, Blessed. How many people have been encouraged so far in our series? How many people have been challenged a little bit in the series? The deeper we go into this passage, the more we realize this is so much more than just a few thoughts from Jesus. This is a way of living. This is is experiencing the highs and the lows of life, but realizing that we are blessed. That makarios word, which means that deep sense of fulfillment and satisfaction, contentment, knowing that no matter my circumstances, God is with me. And that his blessing, his presence, his very presence itself is enough to sustain me in those difficult times. How many people like the good days? How many people like the bad days? Not as many hands, right? We like it when things are good, but what happens when it's not good? What happens when there's pain? What happens when there's disappointment? Is it possible that we can still experience the blessing of God even in that place? I believe it is. So this morning, we're going to look at number five. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. A number of years ago, Amy and I and the family were down at our national conference, and uh, we got a phone call. Uh, I I had a missed call and uh, a message from someone from the police department saying, could you call us, please? It's never good to hear that, right? And I called this person back, and and they said, look, we're we're really sorry to tell you this, but uh, your house has been broken into. So we were down in Auckland, been there, and we're, we're there for a couple of days and, and kind of weighing up, do we go home? Do, what do we do here? A couple of young guys have broken in, taken a bunch of our stuff, destroyed some stuff, and we kind of told the kids maybe we shouldn't, but we did. We kind of do everything together as a family. So we kind of shared, and they, they got pretty emotional, you know, just that violation of someone being in our home and our safe space, and, and we felt really horrible about it. And as part of the restoration process, they, they allowed us to be a part of the intervention. Uh, these, these guys were minors, so they were being, weren't being tried as adults, but as, as, as children, as, as, as youth. And so I had the opportunity to sit in a room with them and be able to look across the table 
and process that. <laughs> and my heart going into that was a mixture of emotions because part of me says they, they should probably pay for what they've done. The full law should be thrown at them. But then there's this wrestle with mercy. Do I show mercy to these people who maybe, in my opinion, don't deserve mercy? Have you ever found yourself in a place like that before? Where maybe you've been on the receiving end of mercy or not. Or maybe you've been given the opportunity to show mercy and you did. Or maybe you didn't. It's a challenge, isn't it? When everything's equitable, we're okay. You treat me right, I'll treat you right. Friendships are great. But what happens when a friendship breaks down? What happens when someone does something to us that we don't like? How do we respond? Well, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. Mercy is a powerful expression of God's nature that we see right throughout the Scripture. If you go right back to the very beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. He puts a garden with two trees specifically in there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life. He says to Adam and Eve, don't eat from those two trees. He says, if you eat from the knowledge of good and evil, you will know that we knowledge but with that, knowledge is also death. And then he also said, don't eat from the tree of life. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate from the fruit from that tree, they now knew. They had sinned. They were now in the, under the judgment of God and the grace and the mercy of God. God removed them from the garden because if they ate from the tree of life, they would be eternally in judgment with God. The mercy of God. The Israelite people, God's people, they, 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 would, they would go off and they would say, we love you, God, and we'll follow you and we'll pursue you and we won't do what the other generations did. And then they would go off and worship idols and they would turn from God and God would pursue them again and again and he would draw them back in, forgive them and receive them again. Since the prophets and the prophets would speak the word over the people and the people would go, we repent, we, we turn back, and then they'd go again. Sound familiar? <laughs> Come on, that's just me. How about you guys? Anyone else? You know, just, just needing the mercy of God. And how much more was the mercy of God shown as Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, hung on a tree, hung on a cross, died a death he didn't deserve, but we did. That's mercy personified. And here's Jesus saying, blessed are the merciful to a group of people who are listening in, how do we live like you're asking us to? Like the four virtues studied so far. So we've looked at poverty of spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to mourn for, for the sinful state of our soul? What does it mean to, to live with meekness, restraint with our anger? What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? These four things, that they weren't well loved or received by the people of the day. Certainly not the Roman soldiers, certainly not the Roman government. These were all th things that were deemed weakness. It won't surprise you as we've studied these, this passage so far that the Romans weren't so fond of mercy either. In fact, one of the famous uh, philosophers of the day says that mercy is the weakness of the soul or the disease of the soul. So much so that a father on the birth of his child could give a thumbs up as to whether the child lives or a thumbs down if the child would die. No, don't like the look of him. Don't like the look of her. 
That's the, you know, the power was in being strong, strict discipline, follow the rules, do it all right. I'm strong. You know, that's, that was perceived as strength. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm going to undo a whole lot of humanity's thinking. I'm going to say, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And that's where Jesus enters. And what we see is there's a shift in the fifth beatitude. See, the first four, a lot of it is our, our internal thought process. Our thinking around ourselves and processing and, and, and working through how we feel and the, the, you know, who's, who's first and who's in charge and, and dealing with our sin. But the fifth one becomes quite practical and is outworked practically. <laughs> now I have to show mercy, not to myself, but to someone else. All of a sudden, Jesus' Beatitudes gets very, very practical and very, very personal. Look at the person around you. God says, show mercy to them. I'm like, ooh, that one, no problem. The other one, not so much. Don't look too hard. <laughs> but Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And the crowd were Roman soldiers, probably, watching over the crowd. And they had no problem saying, you, pick up that load. Carry it for a mile. Jesus says, well, if they ask you to do that, just, just carry it another mile. Someone slaps you on the cheek, just turn the other one. Give them another shot. It's like, what? That doesn't seem right. What about the Pharisees? The Pharisees, they loved the law. I mean, they were so good. They memorized it all. They, they had it down. And if they found one person just breaking a law, like, yes, I gotcha. It was like that was their passion, was finding people who were breaking the law and bringing them to judgment. And Jesus says, no, show mercy. I'm like, what? So all of a sudden, this teaching is being released into the people. What does it mean to show mercy? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy mercy. Now, when we read this text, we can easily misinterpret it. If I show mercy to you, you'll show mercy to me. Kind of like this reciprocal thing. You know, and, and there is a truth, and we reap what we sow. If we sow mercy, we, we probably will receive mercy. But can I tell you it's not a guarantee, and may, maybe life has taught you that, that you might have shown mercy to someone, and that mercy was not reciprocated. So what do we do with that? Because like I said earlier, I'm okay if you show mercy to me and I show mercy to you. That's good. That's easy to process. It's like you're kind to me, I'm kind to you. But what about when I show mercy to someone and they don't show mercy back to me? The trouble is when there's two humans involved. <laughs> it's that, that return of mercy is not necessarily guaranteed. Now, I just want to test a theory um, because I wonder if I'm the only person that struggles with that. Anyone got siblings? Just give us a wave. Right. Now, was there ever a moment in your growing up with your siblings where you had a falling out with them? I, I, I know it's unlikely. <laughs> unlikely that you actually had an issue with one of your siblings. Okay, how many it came to blows? Like, we're we talking physical violence. Yeah. All right, what about the words? Some of you are kind of looking, I'm still happening. Yeah. 
But you know, what happens? You go one after the other and then bang, bang, you know, and then one says something and then the other person retaliates and then it's all on and you're fighting and you're going for it. And then you, you're kind of brought before the judge and jury. You know, your parents are kind of trying to sort this mess out. And maybe words, something like, well, you forgive them and you say sorry. And, and you know, we, all of that takes place. Now, I was the stubborn one. I'm going to say was because I think I've got better. But I was the stubborn one that was like, uh-uh. Nope. Mercy? Nope. Oh, hold on. I remember when I was receiving some good old-fashioned you know, discipline back in the day. <laughs> remember mum saying, say sorry. I'm like, oh, I can't speak. I can't, can't speak. She's like, well, if you can say I can't speak, you can say sorry. <laughs> I was on the receiving end of the you just wait till your father gets home. Come on. <laughs> Love you, mum. Love you, dad. <laughs> but I was the one that dug the heels in. Yeah, I was a stubborn one. You know, show mercy to your brother or your sister. I'm like, you first. Come on. For, for some of us, that's what mercy will look like. It's like, you show me mercy first, and, and, and then I'll show it back. It's like, you first. But is that what God was speaking about? Is that what Jesus was saying? Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Now, Jesus is saying, you show mercy to someone, you'll get mercy. But from who? Not from people, necessarily. That's not the promise. The promise is the mercy of God. Now, now when you think about that, you go, well, it doesn't quite seem fair because I want my, I want my, my Jews, right? But actually, that's the miracle of it. Because the mercy of God, how much greater than the mercy of someone else could that be? Because when you think about it, someone can show mercy to me one day, but then the other they don't. Whereas if I show mercy and I know there is a guarantee of God's mercy shown back to me, I'm like, I'm in on that. It's hard. There's a, there's, a, there's a soul adjustment. There's a, there's a response of our heart that needs to change. But when we show mercy, God says, I will show mercy to you. I don't know about you, but more times than I would wish, I've had to receive the mercy of God. I've needed His mercy. In fact, what else have I got if I don't have His mercy? If God hasn't shown me mercy, then I am left to stand before him with my sin and say, I'm pretty good, God. He says, uh-uh. There's not one righteous, not a single one. No one righteous but God alone. So I need his mercy. <laughs> Maybe others here need his mercy too. I want to look at a moment this morning where our merciful Savior Jesus encapsulated mercy. See, Jesus spoke about mercy quite often. He spoke about not taking care of those who are in need. There was a judgment upon that. The unmerciful servant who was forgiven a great debt, and then he walks out the door having been forgiven this debt, and somebody who owes him 20 bucks or something like that, some small amount of money, and he says, pay me my money. And he says, please give me time, just like he did to his master. He says, give me time and I'll get this money. He's like, no, you're off to jail. 
puts him in prison. The master finds out about it, puts the other guy in prison. And now both are in jail and neither can release one another. Whereas his mercy could have released that man from his debt as well. Jesus had a lot to say about those that don't show mercy. Let's read together from John chapter 8. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Now this passage happened after Jesus taught, be merciful, show mercy. Spoke about mercy, about forgiving one another, forgive one another's debt, and yet in come the Pharisees. Go, hey Jesus, judge this. I got one question in all of this. Where's the man? Where's the man? Takes two to tango, as they say. Where's he? Well, Jesus came into a, an era where man ruled everything. Part of Jesus' ministry, a massive part of Jesus' ministry, was restoring equality. Where if you're human, you have value. It's not about masters and slaves and men and women and and Jesus came to bring about that value and worth of male, female. So Jesus speaks into this. He has every power and authority to be able to execute judgment here. But what happens? I love that Jesus kind of gets down and he, he writes in the dust. And the very fact that mankind came from dust, I think that's kind of cool. He writes on the dust. Yeah, moments later, all of that could just be swept away by the wind. I also love the fact that we don't know what he wrote in the dust. You know, a lot of commentators say maybe he wrote the Ten Commandments, maybe he wrote some aspects from the law, and people looked at him and went, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've done that. I should go. We don't know exactly what was written, but all we do know is that as they looked at what he wrote, the stones that they had in their hand ready to kill this woman would probably drop to the ground and they would have slunk away and there standing in front of this woman embarrassed humiliated the only one that could pick up a stone and by law destroy her that's not his response let's see what Jesus said then Jesus stood up again, said to the woman, where are your accusers? Did even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. As the band come this morning, I want to read another passage from the book of James. Because in this passage, 
James being Jesus' half-brother. <laughs> Imagine the conversations they had. <laughs> Imagine them growing up together. I wonder if James was reflecting on this story with the woman caught in adultery when he wrote this. James 2 verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And there's four words that I believe God is wanting to speak to every single one of us today. If we would take this on, if we would shift our thinking and the way we treat people, and we would live this way, everything around us changes. All of our relationships begin to change. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In the Ark of the Covenant, the, the mercy seat would sit above the law. So the law which has to be fulfilled. God is a God of love and He's also a God of justice. But the mercy seat sat above the law. Now for some of us, we go, hold on, hold on. I want the right thing to take place here. Here's what I know for certain. God will judge us all. At the end of the day, the Bible says we will all die and we will all face judgment. Jesus also said, the measure in which you judge someone else, you will also be judged. Ouch. Now, that hurts. Because I know the judgment that I have put on others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I remember as a teenager, uh, Amy and I were dating. Um, I, I had this moment with God where I really felt like He was saying, I just want you to get rid of all of your, your mixtapes. Come on. All of your non-Christian songs, if you don't know what a mixtape is, I won't even try and explain what a CD is. Let's just say the music they used to dub off the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have all this music and I felt God saying, I want you just to focus on music that glorifies me. I'm like, all right, okay. And so I went with all my religious pomp and ceremony to, to my girlfriend, Amy, at the time, and said, God's told me we're not supposed to listen to any non-Christian music, and you shouldn't either. To which she said, I don't like the sound of that judgment. Goodbye. And she broke up with me. I'm like, What? How dare she? I'm right. She has to be wrong. That pharisaical judgment spirit in me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get that little speck out of her eye. And I've got this big Cody log sticking out of my own eye. And I had to go away and examine my heart. Because here I was pronouncing judgment on something that she didn't have a conviction about. That was something that God was speaking to me about. And here I was going, hey, let me tell you what you should do or shouldn't do. And all judgy, judgy on her. And, and she goes, I, I don't want a part of that. I don't think Jesus wants a part of that either. And, and, and here I was. It was the longest week of my life. 
as you can see, we, we did make up. But that was a significant shift in my life when I realized how judgmental I was, that the sin in my own life was so glaringly obvious and I wanted to point out what I believe was sin for someone else and, and maybe it wasn't. But the grace of God, as I asked for forgiveness and asked if we could start again, she said, yes, yes. But I learned something. I really did. I learned that mercy triumphs over judgment. That actually it's not my place to judge. And don't worry, don't worry, please hear me. If you're one of these people that go, yeah, but, but the right thing's got to take place. Yes, it will. But leave that with God. Leave that with God. He's got that. He will do that. Now, sometimes we can go there on those conversations with the stuff. But here's how it happens out of relationship. I've got a good mate in my life. Last couple of weeks, he's been speaking into my world. We've had some big, tough conversations over some stuff. He's challenged me on a few things and the attitude of my heart. I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I like hearing that. But he loves me. Like, really, really loves me. He's got such a heart for me wants to see me grow and become a, a better and a bigger leader. You know, better at what I do and loving people and serving people. And, and so he's not afraid to come and say, hey, Mike, here's an issue we need to deal with. What I don't feel is judgment. What I feel is mercy and grace and love. And God is inviting us to be a people who would show mercy over judgment. You, you know the verse that, most people outside of the church would quote better than anything else. Judge not, lest you be judged. That's what we're known for as Christians. Judging everything, judging everyone. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now in the world. I don't even need to mention it. But there's so much going on and people will walk into this place and go, will you judge me or will you receive me? What are we going to do? What's our response going to be when someone walks in through this place that looks a bit different and maybe doesn't look like me, maybe hasn't had the same life experience? Will I judge them? Or will I show love and mercy? You know which one's easier? The love and mercy. So much better. So much more enjoyable too, let's be honest. So much better when you actually show mercy to someone. What an incredible gift you can give to someone and Here's the byproduct that we've been learning today is that when I show mercy to someone else, God shows mercy to me. What a gift from God if we would be brave enough to show mercy. What does it look practically? Well, mercy goes beyond feeling to the doing. It's the verb of compassion. Mercy was compassion's action. So I can feel compassion towards someone who's sick, not doing well. Maybe they've lost a loved one. I can feel compassion. But mercy says, I'll, I'll go make them a meal. I'll go sit with them. I'll mourn with them as they're mourning. What about the person? You know, forgiveness is one thing, to have forgiveness in our heart towards someone who's wronged us. That's, that's awesome and so important. You know what mercy is? Saying, yes, you've wronged me, but I'm going to invite you back into my world. I'm actually not going to keep a distance from you. I will actually 
Even though it might hurt me a little bit, I'm going to open up my heart and go, you know what, I'm going to extend trust again. Now, please hear me. This is not an excuse for abuse. If you're in a situation where you are being threatened or abused or, or, or anyone has taken advantage of you, that is not right. That is not okay. This is not what I'm talking about. Please hear me. You don't stay in that place. You get help. You get out. You do what you need to do in order to be safe. Please hear me on that. But if someone's just wronged me, they said something I didn't like or didn't agree with, not only will I forgive, I will show mercy and say, you know what? Let's go again. Let's start again. Let's show mercy to one another. What could God do if our hearts could open from that place of judgment to mercy? Right now, who is it? Who's God speaking to you about? That person that in, in your heart, you're judging them. You're thinking about that person. And you go, oh, I just need to pay for what they've done. What if? What if in your heart you could release them? What if you could say, God, I release them. I release them from that thing they did to me. And I forgive them. And go a step further. And go, can we go again? Can we go again? Can we tr have another try at this relationship? What a shift that would make in our friendships and our relationships around us. I just want to take a moment right now just to pray into that. God, you know our hearts. You know the resentment. You know the offense, the unforgiveness, the things that we carry in our hearts. God, if there's any one of us that need to show mercy to someone else, God, we can trust the judgment to you. But Lord, let us open our hearts to show mercy to somebody else. God, give me the courage to do that because I can't do it on my own. I rely on your mercy in this moment. Please help me. Thank you, Lord. I also want to speak this morning, just as I close, to anyone who today would say, I've never received the mercy of God. Maybe, in, in fact, if you're honest, you'd say, I'm here and, and God's here. I've stood apart from God and I've wanted to do things my way. I've wanted to live life my way. And I've never fully surrendered my heart and said, God, I'm going to put my trust and my hope in you. An acknowledgement of the sin that separates us from a loving God. Your God showed incredible mercy to us. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, even on the cross, Jesus extends mercy to the thief who says, would you remember me in paradise? He says, when you breathe your last breath, you will be with me in paradise. To the crowd that's been crying crucify over the last few days. To that crowd, he says, Father, forgive them for, for they don't know what they do. He extended mercy by connecting John and his mother, saying, take care of one another when I'm gone. Right to the end, Jesus showed mercy. And because of that, his death meant life for us. Friends, today, if you need the mercy of God, 
I'd ask you just to close your eyes just for a moment. This is your moment with God. If you'd be prepared to pray a prayer of God, asking for His mercy, asking Him to forgive you of your sin, to receive a new life in Him, it would be my honor to pray with you. You can pray it out of your, out of your mouth out with your words. You can pray it in your heart. God knows your heart. And that is what He is responding to, your faith and your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace and mercy you showed me. Thank you, Jesus, that though I didn't deserve your mercy, you gave it by dying on the cross for my sin. Today I turn from my old way of living and I ask you to forgive me. Teach me what it means to walk like you. Thank you for your gift of grace and your mercy that you've shown me in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to do one last thing. If you prayed that prayer, you said, yes, I, I, I made that decision. Maybe you've been away from God and God's drawn you back today and that prayer was a prayer of recommitment to God. We want to know who you are, not to embarrass you, but to encourage you and to celebrate with you. Give, a, give you a Bible, get something in your hand so that you can continue your walk with God. So if that's you, if you pray that prayer on the count of three, would you lift your hand nice and high? I'll spot your hand and you can pop it straight back down. One, two, three. Come across this place. Anyone saying, yes, I've received the mercy of God. Anyone here this morning? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.